Hi, I'm Brett Robinson. Welcome to the Redeeming Hope Podcast, where we share biblical truths that'll give you real hope. What is real hope? It's a hope that is relevant, energizing, authentic, and linked to Jesus. Today, I want to talk to you about who or what is the source in your life. The source of what, you might say. Well, the source of everything. And I want to take this question back to a story that we can find in John chapter 4, where Jesus meets with a woman at a well. I'm going to pick up in verse 5. Jesus arrived at the Samaritan village of Sichar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Wearied by his long journey, he sat on the edge of Jacob's well and sent his disciples into the village to buy food for it was already afternoon. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. She replied, Why would a Jewish man ask a Samaritan woman for a drink of water? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus replied, If only you knew who I am and the gift of God, the gift that God wants to give you, You'd ask me for a drink and I would give you living water. The woman replied, But sir, you don't even have a bucket and the well is very deep. So where do you find this living water? Do you really think that you are greater than our ancestor Jacob, who dug this well and drank from it himself, along with his children and livestock? So, of course, in this story, Jesus asks her for a drink and she immediately thinks about the bucket in her hands and the water at the bottom of the well. And that water is her source. But none of us, I assume, listening to this podcast are probably drawing water from a physical well with a physical bucket. So what is the lesson that we can learn from this story? Well, Jesus is saying to us, What is the source that we are drawing from in our lives? For our daily strength, for our needs, for the wisdom and understanding and discernment that we need to conduct our relationships, our families and our lives, every aspect of our lives really. Let's go back to our story and let's see what we can learn from it. So in the middle of this story, Jesus creates an opportunity for the woman to make a switch. A switch from the natural to the supernatural. From the limited to the unlimited. From the underground to heavenly sense. Her biggest challenge is also often our biggest challenge. She couldn't understand what Jesus was trying to say, the switch he was asking her to make. How to see Jesus for who he is and how God operates despite the confusion of our culture, our history, our past experiences and even our common sense. Yes, Jesus' wisdom often offends and goes contrary to our common sense. There is nothing earthly about heavenly wisdom. 
However, when we apply heavenly wisdom to our earthly lives, we get heavenly results. That's a whole lot better than common sense. It's easier, however, for us to walk in the familiarity of our everyday, ordinary lives. It takes courage and conviction for us to walk by faith. So how do we do it? We have to learn, like that woman at the well, to make the switch and to draw from a different well, to draw from a different source. I want to tell you a short story about my house as a way of illustration. So we've had an ongoing water crisis in our greater area for a long time. And as a result, I restored a big, beautiful underground water reservoir and directed all the water that I catch on my roof when it rains through the gutters into this reservoir. And when I set the whole thing up together with a pump to get that water through the house, I installed a switch. And to change over from the municipal water mains to my reservoir, I simply switch off the mains tap and I turn the tap to switch to my source, my underground reservoir. And when I do that, my source changes. Friends, we got to learn to make a switch. I think oftentimes as believers, like the woman at the well, we suffer from bucket mentality. What is bucket mentality, you might be asking? Well, I think it's this. The mindset, I'm going to get what I need with the power of my arms, my wits, my street smarts, in other words, our typical go-tos in our lives. When Jesus met with her, she was standing at the well, probably bucket in hand, getting ready to draw that water. This was her typical go-to. It's what she could do in the power of her own strength. But Jesus tried to get her to make a switch. And he wants you and I to make a switch too. He wants us to let go of the bucket mentality and understand the pipeline mentality. In heaven's pipeline, there is unlimited supply. When we tap into heaven's resources, we'll also live from the bounty of God's unlimited grace. Does that sound good to you? It sure does to me. Jesus gives us insights into the pipeline mentality when he says in verse 14, For when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit, flooding you with endless life. Isn't that beautiful? What a lovely picture that he paints for us there. And if we go back to John chapter 1, in verse 16 we read, And from the overflow of his fullness, we received grace heaped upon grace. Moses gave us the law, but Jesus the Anointed One unveils truth wrapped in tender mercy. So God's got 
so much goodness to give us that comes from the overflow of His fullness. And we can tap into that when we learn to make the switch. We learn to switch and to draw from God's fullness. What does the woman at the well initially do when Jesus offers her living water? Well, she starts coming up with logical reasons why this just won't work. Jesus, your solution is not practical. She even questions the integrity of his source. We read in verse 11, the woman replied, But sir, you don't even have a bucket, and the well is very deep. So where do you find this living water? Obviously, she had never heard about this. Do you really think that you are greater than our ancestor Jacob who dug this well and drank from it himself? These are often the same reasons that cause us to be conflicted. Questions such as, when will it happen? How do I know this will work? Yes, but how will you do this or that God? And is this really reliable? Now it's one thing to wait on God in a spirit of faith. And ask questions in order to get his instructions so that we can obey him. It's another thing to get stuck in skepticism and doubt. Just look, for example, at Luke chapter 1, where we read about Zechariah's encounter with the angel Gabriel. The angel appears to him with a great and exciting and amazing promise. But Zechariah responded in doubt, and as a result, God removed his speech for a couple of months so that he could get his heart right. <laughs> I'm glad God hasn't done that to me because I think I would have had my speech removed a couple of times. Thank God for his mercy. But we can surely learn that God reveals to us in the story how important it is for us to get our hearts right and to respond to God in faith. We have to get out of the inner conflict that comes from trying to discern God through our worldly understanding and get into the flow of God's Spirit. If Satan can keep us in a state of conflict, he can keep us out of the flow of God's blessing. Let's look at how Jesus dealt with her questions. He brought it back to worship. Why? Because when we encounter God's presence and see Him for who He is, we will have the assurance. Jesus said to her, You don't have to look around anymore. Here I am standing with you. When we see God for who He is, our questions are resolved. And we receive assurance of faith. In verse 23 and verse 24, it says, This is Jesus' response. From now on, worshipping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with a right heart. For God is a spirit, and he longs to have sincere worshippers who worship him in the realm of spirit and truth. When we engage with God by His Spirit and we engage with His truth in an act of worship, 
then he prepares us to step out in faith and to obey him with boldness. I'd like to briefly share the story of Abraham who gives us an incredible example. God gave Abraham what seemed like an impossibly difficult task fraught with inner conflict. Why? Because in Genesis chapter 2, we read about in verse 2, how God instructed Abraham to take his son, his only son, the son he loved, Isaac, and to go to the region of Moriah and to sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain which God would show him. Man, talk about inner conflict. He must have had a bunch of questions. For the sake of time, I'm just going to read a couple of verses here and there in the story. But in verse 6, it says this, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. And the two of them went on together. So we see that Abraham was obedient to God's instruction. And Isaac on the journey pops up and says to his father, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. Do you see how Abraham has resolved to dispel the inner doubt, the inner conflict that must surely have tempted him, that must surely have wanted to ensnare him and trap him and prevent him from being obedient to God by declaring God's goodness, his faithfulness, by declaring the integrity and character and nature of God and by speaking it out prophetically over his situation. He answers his son by saying, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering. So he responds in a spirit of faith. In verse 13, we pick up our story again. Abraham looked up and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide and to this day it is said on the mountain of the lord it will be provided you may have heard the name jehovah jireh which means god our provider and this is where that name of god comes from so abraham tapped into god's pipeline even when his bucket looked empty what is that bucket? Well, for us, that bucket represents our own human effort, what we are able to do with our own wits, what we are able to do with our own strength, what we are able to do based on our own experiences, maybe perhaps our culture, our upbringing. Abraham had to look beyond all that, and he did it by looking to God, looking at God's faithfulness, God's goodness, God's promise, and that allowed him to tap into 
God's pipeline and to allow the spirit of faith that God had given him to flow through him in his every step, in his every action and with everything that he said. It changed his whole mentality. How did Abraham come to have such uh, an amazing assurance of faith? Well, I believe it's because he had met with God. I believe it's because he was a worshiper. And I believe it's because he continued to hold on to and declare God's promise. Somebody once told a story about a very unwelcome visitor that came. Fear banged on the front door. Faith answered and nobody was there. It's time for us to banish fear from our homes, from our hearts. Fear is not a guest. It's an intruder that comes to steal our joy and our peace. But hallelujah, the love of God has set us free from a spirit of fear. We can't operate in a spirit of fear and a spirit of faith at the same time. Fear is going to draw us back into that place of inner conflict that will seek to ensnare us and trap us and prevent us from stepping out in full assurance of faith. It's a choice that we make. We have to choose what our source is. And friends, it takes courage. It takes faith to walk in obedience to God. But we get to choose every day what well we are going to draw from. What our source is going to be. The well of self-effort, uncertainty and doubt. Or the pipeline of God's living water. What well are you drawing from? For your emotional well-being, in your family, in your health, for the work of your hands, for your finances. Friends, God has made a pipeline from heaven directly into our lives. And the living water flowing through that pipeline will quench every thirst, satisfy every need. And bring God's goodness into every area of our lives. And Jesus is that living water. Let's look to Him daily and start by reaching out to Him, even right now in prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you for giving yourself. Thank you for being a channel of God's fullness, a channel of God's grace toward us. I thank you that as you look, as we look to you, Lord Jesus, that you meet our every need and not just meet it, but that you fill us to overflowing. We thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your, your mercies toward us every day. We thank you for your faithfulness, Lord Jesus. Thank you that you are for us and not against us. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that as we look to you, as we come to you in prayer, that you dispel our doubts and fears, and you give us full assurance of faith 
and the boldness that we need to step out in obedience to you. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. I pray that the message of God's word will build your faith and develop a hope that is so strong it's like an anchor for your soul. Go ahead and subscribe and why not share the message with a friend?